Welcome to Wide Awake. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ, new to the faith, or someone who may be skeptical about the claims of Christ, we hope these next few minutes will build you up, encourage you, and help you wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. Well, I'm Chris Clark, the host for Wide Awake today, and it is Thanksgiving week. Joining me in the Wide Awake studio today is Jeff Lawrence, lead pastor of Redemption Church, and Chase Iflin, minister of Community and Connections. And I thought we'd start this episode off with a little Thanksgiving question. Uh, So what is your favorite thing to cook or consume on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, you gonna go first, Chase? You want me to jump sure. in? Sure. My, my favorite thing to consume is sweet potato casserole. Uh-huh. Uh, but at our house, we don't put those terrible marshmallows on top. We put uh, candy pecans on top. So, mm, nice. I, I have to say, mine has always been stuffing. I just love the different variations of really? stuffing. I love bread and like all that just mixed up stuff. Pour the gravy on it. Yeah, stuffing in our house stuff. is usually that... dry and not very good. So. Uh, oh, we've got some. We've... You know this is being recorded, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like this is going to the outside world, Chase. You yeah. gotta, you got, you gotta, you gotta turn some of those things off. Man. <laughs> Get nervous for you, Mama. May hear this stuff. What now, about you, Jeff? I think for me. Um, I love it all. I, I love smoking a good turkey. That's what I thought you'd say. And that <laughs> is what I enjoy about the whole process. But then you got to put that next to the stuffing and the sweet potatoes and and all the good stuff mm-hmm. and smother it all together. And so all, all that goes together in terms of the consumption. That's awesome. Uh, makes for a good day and a good nap, maybe. For sure. If, if it's a good holiday. So what are we talking about today? Hey, we're talking about change and challenges, which is doesn't feel very Thanksgiving-y, but uh, is that a word? Can I say that? Thanksgiving? <laughs> it is, it is that, now, right? Now. Uh, but sometimes life just brings us constant stream of changes, some big, some small. But, you know, think about the holidays. I was laughing about Hallmark movies. My kids, we like to make fun of those a lot. And, the, you know, just the complete contrived nature of trying to create some kind of a conflict mm-hmm. so they can get to the predetermined happy ending they've already decided it's going to lead to. And uh, that's just the, kind of the, the thing with the Hallmark thing. But challenges don't always work that way, but they are a normal part of life. And Side note, did you know that a Hallmark movie was actually filmed in this space that we're recording the podcast? I did wow. not know that. It was. Yeah. They used the grocery store up front, and yeah. I actually served coffee to, like, the, the store the star, if you will. He had his like napkins all in his collar. So you're like a Hallmark movie star or were you just like, no, I, I was behind the scenes. I was just watching this play out. Oh man. I was hoping to get you in on camera somewhere. <laughs> uh, I we are clearly at holiday mode today. <laughs> going all over the place in this conversation. But. Let's get back on track. So for us as a church family, uh, we're also entering into a season of, of, challenges and changes as we're going to relocate our church twice in the next year as we move to UCO, and then we'll we'll finally complete construction on our permanent home and move to downtown Edmond. And in in Acts 6 on Sunday, we saw an example of how the early church faced a challenge in the early days of the church. And one of the things that we saw there is that challenges can be obstacles, but they can also be opportunities. And so today we want to talk about challenges and how we face challenges in our lives. And the thing about challenges, we don't really have to look for them. They tend to find us. I uh, loved in Acts 6, there's a simple statement where it just says, a complaint arose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that shocks any of us that somewhere in life that a church family or a family would, would find something to complain about. But it was a really natural situation that kind of unfolded. It said the disciples were increasing in number. 
that people kept getting added to the church. They're experiencing this growth, a lot of influx of new people, which means different people, which means people that have different preferences, different kind of heart languages, different backgrounds, experiences, social circles, and all of those things created some tension. But there was this natural process for them where uh, they, they have what they call the daily distribution of food, which was care for the widows who didn't have family that could take care of them. And basically what happened was the system broke down, that some of the widows were being cared for, and there was another group of widows that, that felt like they were being left out. And we don't know the kind of the background of what's all under the surface there, but we do know human nature, and we've all walked through life enough to know that man, when there's social differences and group differences and the system breaks down, that tends to create some challenges for an organization of any kind. So what we see in Act 6 is these differences that, that these groups are experiencing and the kind of the breakdown of the system that showed up there. And they had to address that, and they, they addressed it quickly to try to resolve the conflict, come up with a better system uh, in order to guard the unity and health of, of the church and, and make sure that they were staying on mission and staying focused on what they needed to do. And, and I love the way you see them coming together and raise up some leaders to address this problem in a healthy way. Yeah, so we're looking at the church as a family, and we all know in any family there's going to be tensions and conflicts that arise. We're all different personality types, right? I was just talking with Chase about this this morning. I'm like, did God have like some kind of template that he used to like create all the different personalities? Because it seems like you, you can point at all the different ways that people process things. And when you put all that in the same room, it tends to surface some challenges and some difficulties in how to make a decision together and to move forward. And so we see a, a really great example of that in Acts where they actually had to come together, acknowledge their differences, but find the best path forward. And as a church, we're getting ready for that, right? Like we're just going to have, we're going to have a lot more people, uh, Lord willing, coming through our doors as we open up our, our permanent space and that's just going to bring a lot of different personalities, a lot of different uh, backgrounds and way people were raised, even how they were raised in the church or not in the church. And we're likely to see a lot of challenges arise from that. And I think, you know, as you, as you think through that, for me, there's a couple things I remember in Acts 6 as we were looking there that they, they fight for their convictions. And so their values and their priorities drive kind of what they do. But there's also this kind of flexibility and adaptability that, that they work through in the middle of that and how they process that. And I think those things are important, and those things help, help guide us as we navigate change is that conviction to that which is true and that which we're committed to, to in order to further the mission and commitment to, to walk in unity and togetherness in that. And yet, man, that also means uh, we, we have to be flexible and adaptable and humble in the way we interact in order to to you know, let, let grace drive what we do and, and make sure we're we're loving well along the way. I think Jeff too, as a as a culture, we're afraid of conflict. We tend to be afraid of conflict, and we just want to like sweep that under the rug. And one of the, my favorite things is that the Bible doesn't shy away from conflict. Like there are conflicts that we see all over the pages of Scripture. And, and yet we see just this commitment to move forward. And we'll talk about this a little, a little bit later, but ultimately it's moving forward in the way of Jesus, like that conflicts will arise and there has to be an answer with how we address those conflicts. And I love that about the Bible. Absolutely. Jeff, a few years ago when I was new to the staff, you walked me through how people process change differently. And it was something that was really impactful for me and something that uh, Maddie and I just talked about recently because we were processing uh, some change and I can't even remember what it was, but 
I tend to process change well in advance of the change that's coming, while Maddie tends to process change well after the change has taken place. And so we're processing that change at completely different times and in completely different ways. So talk to us about how different people process change differently. You know, the funny thing is I don't think most people even thought about it. Like, I don't think they realize they're processing change, but we all do. And, and it's not something that we necessarily intuitively do, or uh, it is something we intuitively do. It may not be something we intentionally do, but I think it's helpful to actually think through how we process change. And someone shared with me a book years ago uh, called Transitions by William Bridges, and there's a really helpful explanation in there of just how we process change in our lives. And, and change, according to his book, is change is what happens to us. So if you imagine kind of a, a line across a page if you're going to draw a diagram changes the external thing that happens on the outside and that can be anything from a divorce to a job change to a, a church that changes locations mm-hmm. um, something that happens to you that's a change that happens and that is a point in time but along with that point the single point in time there's a longer process called transition that's an under the surface kind of a, an internal process process of change that we go through. And what Bridges said that I thought was so helpful and, and stuck with me, and it's why I've shared it with you guys, is that every healthy transition includes a period of letting go, where he calls it a, a death or dying, hmm. to what was. And so what, what used to be is no longer there. And so you have to let go of that. There's a death to what used to be. And then you enter into a period of kind of chaos and confusion, where it's like, and I don't know what what the new normal is right now. Everything feels a little bit up for grabs. What I'm used to things being is no longer there. I'm not sure exactly what where I'm going to land, and I'm looking for, for solid ground. And it was helpful for me when he said that's a normal process, yeah. that you go through this. I'm not, I feel a little uncertain right now about where we're going. And then that always leads to a new beginning or a new day or a rebirth that enters into the new normal of this is now the trajectory that we're on. And I've, I've always loved that process of kind of letting go, some confusion, and then a new beginning or a death dying, some chaos, and then a, a rebirth or a new day. I feel like there's almost a gospel rhythm in that, although that wasn't really the point of the book. But when I heard it, I just like, man, that just feels like this kind of letting go of the seasons that, that needs to happen in a healthy transition. And uh, it's been really helpful for me to just kind of wrestle or, or walk through and, and think through that as I've processed change. It's so helpful because I, I, you know, I stated earlier that we don't like challenges. And so we kind of just want to clean up the mess. Well, if you unpack that a little further, really what challenges are most of the time is change. And we just don't like to deal with change. I, I mean, I'll throw myself in that category for sure. I'm, I'm a guy who likes structure. I don't typically like to see things changing. And yet, uh, I, you know, I mentioned this earlier before the podcast, like we don't see anywhere in the scriptures that says, hey, plan for your life to always go the same way and never have any change. Like right. that, <laughs> that just doesn't exist. And so I think that tool is so helpful in acknowledging that there is a process uh, that we that we have to undergo when we when we look at challenges and changes, and I know that was hugely freeing for me too. And Jeff, you and I often joke about this, like we're on different ends of the spectrum here when it comes to processing change, right? Absolutely, so, and I think that that is important. I think as we say this, is everyone travels at a different pace, and in some points, and sometimes you you respond differently because you have a different ability to know what the ch- when the change is coming. Yeah. 
Like sometimes you're planning ahead for a job change and you can say two years in advance, I think I'm going to have to make a move and you start to prepare. So you start letting go before you get to that change. Other times you get laid off and a change happens to you and you had no say in it. And that kickstarts like a letting go of what used to be. And so even, even the way in which we interact with a change can be different based on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And there's no script to that. Now, when we think about something like a church change, I think, you know, as, as, as a lead pastor, as a guy who's having to been planning these things for months in advance, I tend to process those way in advance of when they happen. And when we finally get to a decision, I've already, I've already processed all that and kind of jumped through the, jumped through that, that process to the end. Whereas for a lot of people, I think in our church and, and in different situations, it's like, oh, this feels really new whenever the change actually yeah. happens. And until then, you don't even begin to process it. And I think it's important to to mention again that the processing isn't just like the details. It's the emotional stuff. It's the under the surface stuff, right? It's the the death and the dying and the going through the emotional process of like, oh, there's going to be a different thing happening. And that's the hard work. It is. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and unpack like all of the different possibilities and what this could be, I think. But, you know, when you think about a church going from one service to two services, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm used to seeing the same people in the room every week. And now those people come to a different service than I do. That's going to feel like a change. And to some degree, that's going to feel like a loss because you love the people that are in your church and you want to be with them. And when you do that, it's the same thing when a small group multiplies and we raise up new leaders and we send out a group to launch a new community for the gospel in a different part of town. It's like, man, there's a change that's involved in that. And that's, there's some letting go that takes place. And then a period of, man, I don't know if I like this new group. They don't do the same thing. They, you know, they used to make coffee this way at the other place. Now they don't have coffee. And, you know, like whatever the things are, it just starts to feel different. And then, but then you find out, man, this, this group's got its own thing that I really love. And that's really good. And you begin to experience new life and a new day there. But everyone processes those things differently. Yeah, and it's good to identify where you're at in the change process. Maybe it's something that's happening in your life, or maybe it's just our upcoming church changes, but it's helpful to think through uh, how you're processing that change. Um, have you even thought through what the change is going to mean, What what how things are going to be different, what uh, exciting things are coming up that the change will bring, and um, just kind of done the emotional work that goes along with that change. It's so good. It's and back to Jeff and I and our kind of opposite ends of the spectrum on this. It's funny because even getting the word that like we're nearing our construction start date and that things were starting to fall into place for that. Jeff's like ready to spike a football. Like he's like, it's so excited. He's like, we've moved in the building and he's sharing all this excitement with me. And I'm like lackluster over here going, I haven't processed that yet. Cause for me, I don't process the emotions until I'm like, walking in the door, like unlocking the door for the first time. And I think it's just helpful to recognize some of that. Yeah, it was funny. I remember calling you and just saying, dude, I just moved in. Like you need to understand (laughs) this is all coming together. I'm like, for me, I just walked through the door, even though we're not there yet. But we just process things differently. And part of that's just our different roles and personalities and all those. And here's the thing. Change is inevitable. Uh, it's going to present different challenges for all of us. And, uh, and and really, those challenges are opportunities for us to, to learn and grow and, and to walk by faith. And, and at the end of the day, what the way we stay grounded in the midst of change is to keep our eyes on Jesus and to walk in the way of Jesus. That's right. You know, Jesus had some pretty 
impactful words that we've really used as kind of a plumb line for our church and what it looks like to serve and to navigate changes and things like that. Um, We see in Mark chapter 10, uh, Jesus says these words, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you, uh, you must be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And those are powerful words. We see Jesus, God himself, coming to the world to serve people, to walk in humility and to take a posture of, look, I'm, I'm going to lay my life down in order to navigate these changes and challenges that are coming in front of us. And that's pretty profound. Yeah, you know, uh, as I think about the last couple weeks, even two weeks ago, we talked and so much of the sermon was fixated on Christ. And I talked about, I actually titled that sermon, The Hero of the Church, because Christ is the the leader, the author, the the Savior and, and the Lord of, of the church. And this week, I titled the sermon, Heroes in the Church. And because we are to be kind of little H heroes that look like Christ, and we we live like him, and we... We, we operate like him, and we have attitudes and actions that reflect Christ to our world. And that's why these challenges, I think, are incredible opportunities Yeah, for us to, as we walk by faith in Christ, as we follow his example, as we trust the gospel and the grace that he's brought us, we get to live as witnesses of Christ to a wider world as they, as they watch how we, how, we, how we navigate change and challenges. You know, Chase, I'm thinking about our serve teams and, and how we've operated for like the past almost eight years. We we set up and tear down our church in a school. And this has been one of the key phrases we use that we serve and we give so that others might live. And so we're creating a space for people to come in and experience the grace of God. And what's interesting is we have this system, right? We've got these amazing cases and all this gear that we roll in and roll out every week. But every week there's something that we have to navigate that we weren't expecting. And it's been really fun to see our serve teams embrace this and embody this. And I think even more so as we move into the future of our our church building. Yeah, it's exciting to think about the new challenges that will come from the church building Mm -hmm. when the challenges are less about cases and carts and (laughs) kids' panels and more about people. Chris, you're always good to remind us of some of the things that, that God shaped in our in our community. And that that verse that you referenced is definitely one of those that we continue to come back to and we continue to call one another to and remind ourselves of that because Christ did this for us, we can live this way for uh, for the good of others and want to be a life-giving presence in our city. They want to be a life-giving presence in our community. Uh, and I think that ref- is reflected really in are the way in which we interact with our world, the way in which we interact in our homes, the way in which we interact with our with our church. And so as we think about kind of how to live this out and just the testimony that that we have in facing challenges with humble and servant-hearted attitudes and actions, uh, I think it's good just to prepare our hearts to try to live like Christ in in each of those circles. Yeah, so one of the things that stands out to me about Jesus' words here is that there's a particular posture he has. And that posture is about service and humility and giving giving away his life to people. And so it makes me think of this upcoming season of change or whatever change our listeners might be going through right now. And, and I want to ask the question, what if you had that kind of posture that Jesus had, which is, 
I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to serve and give my life away as we move into these changes. I think it would change everything. Absolutely. And, you know, as we enter this kind of next season in our own kind of calendars, but also in our life for our church and in our own lives, you know, I think how do we honor Christ by reflecting that posture and living and walking with that same kind of a posture in, in our world? And uh, we tend to think about three different categories in our world or in, in our conversation. You know, how do we, as, as we head into the holiday season, be a witness for Christ in a really busy city? As you know, even as you're going through uh, shopping lines, as you're dealing with people, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are Black Friday people or not, but you know, it could be a dangerous world out there. But uh, you know, if you if you drive around the city and see soccer moms on a mission in December, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for us to be a life giving presence, uh, to be a calm presence, a non anxious presence uh, that carry out the posture of Christ that says, "I'm not here to to be served, but to serve." Yeah. And I think the same is true as we enter the holiday season is with, with our families. How do we go and not just go with our demands and expectations, but go with a posture that says, how do I, how, how do I come not to just demand my way, but to, to serve and give so that others can, can live and be a life-giving presence? And I think the same is true for us as a church as we enter this exciting season of change in the life of our church over the next year. And how do we approach that with a posture that just says, how can I serve and give like Jesus so that others may live? And that will, that will be a healthy process of change, and that will create challenges that are not just obstacles, but are truly opportunities for us. Thanks again for listening to Wide Awake. Wide Awake is produced by Redemption Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If what we talked about today resonated, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can email us at wideawake at redemptionokc.com. Lastly, if you're looking for more ways to wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday worship gatherings. We gather each week at 1030 a.m. to grow as followers of Christ. You can also join us by watching online at redemptionokc.com. All are welcome. The only requirement is to come as you are. Until next time, may the light of Christ shine on you.